Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the toilet and Beans. And I can attest he is on the toilet right now. I'm on the toilet. Those of you who can't see me, I'm pinching a loaf. <laughs> he has a squatty potty. <laughs> I do have a squatty potty, to be honest. So do I. In every bathroom. Everybody should have a squatty potty or else you're, you, the, the exit ramp is probably pinched. If you don't have a squatty potty, you're doing something wrong. And that's absolutely true because you need to be in a certain position to accurately void. Yeah, it's the one thing that the Indians do right is only they, they squat in the street and go to the bathroom. <laughs> well, you can go to California and see some folks squatting in the street. That's right. It's not even an Indian thing anymore. It's very much an American thing. Uh, very funny. All right. Off we go. Okay. So much happened, Frank. So much happened. First, we're going to talk about this real quick. Did you see that Peter Navarro has to go to jail while he waits his appeal to be uh, heard? Oh, I, no, I didn't see it, but it makes sense because that's the, that's way that's the way that a, a certain group of people with certain affiliations uh, are treated, while other people like Joe Biden are treated in another way. <laughs> it's a great contrast. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Joe Biden thing today. Um, obviously, we've got a lot of things, but the judge denied his bid to avoid prison while appealing his conviction. So. They're going to give him a date and he's supposed to just surrender and go serve out the sentence that may be appealed, which is only four months by the time the appeal is unheard. How does he get that four months back if he wins on his appeal? Yeah, it's like, you know what? Give up year, give up weeks and months of your life and uh, you might win and you might have lost that time sitting in a small room doing nothing. They're just sadistic vampires. What do you want? What do you want? Yeah. Yeah, this is this is what this is what life live life lived under Dracula's rule is all about. Um, CL Burnt gave us a little tip. Happy Friday with Frank and Beans. Just want to let you know. Thank you guys. That's you know, sweet. awesome stuff. Um, so there's that. And then I want to must actually. I was such I was geeking out yesterday on the SCOTUS hearing. Did you listen to any of it? No. If you want to really be like immersed in the Constitution for like two hours, that hearing yesterday was brilliant. Brilliant. I've got clips. I've got several clips. And then we're going to go into Biden. And then I've got like one or two clips on the Putin interview just that I thought were interesting. But as we talked about in the pre-show, that's something that you can listen to. Like, I'm not, I haven't listened to it yet, the full thing. So... I'm going to listen to it over the weekend at some point here. Yeah, it, it's a uh, it's substantial. It's two and a half so, hours long. Yeah, no, we, we watched it. at We did a group uh, group viewing on quite frankly TV after the show ended at nine last night. And I just sat there and watched it, ate a steak and uh, chatted with people. It was it, like I said, it's substantial. It's not going to blow really anybody's minds. Um. I don't think it's going to be very mind blowing for people who subscribe to shows like ours, but I'm, still, it, I'm I'm having a spirited debate in a chat that I'm in about this. Um, about what? Well, like there are people who are like upset that well, not upset. I mean, just like blown away that there are so many people basically holding up Putin as this you know amazing testament to whatever, right? Like, oh, look at how great Putin is. 
and this and that and you know what a hero Tucker Carlson is for interviewing him and whatever and they're saying you know Russia's not a nation that we should be like cheerleading on they're actually an enemy and I'm saying guys well I I mean, look, the, the I, I, there. I guess there's constant cyber attacks against us, and you know, I, I, my question was to that. Well, do we cyber attack anybody constantly? Like, I, I'm. That doesn't make me non-American or that I hate my country at all. It's just it is the way the world is, and I guess because I'm not in the military or an expert or whatever, then I'm wrong. But I'm trying to say, if I'm wrong, somebody that we can trust needs to show us that because we don't see it. We get told by the same government that tells us to inject poison into our arms three times a year that Russia is bad. The same government that told us that Russia hacked the 2016 election for seven plus years, that was a complete lie, is telling us Russia is bad. And then... I have a a major qualm with the amount of money we've sent to the most, you know, the devil's playground Ukraine. The Ukrainian people are innocent victims in all of this. Their citizens just trying to go about their daily lives are the ones who are really the victims of what's going on with all of this. You can't tell me that we're sending billions and... I, I saw a tweet from Massey, I think it was the other day, Frank, that we have now sent Ukraine or or it's on the table to send Ukraine more than what it costs to fund one branch of our military in a year. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it, I'm it, being told that everything's on the up and up with that money. <laughs> I think that's ridiculous. It's it's one of those things where this, does, this interview doesn't recruit anybody to Russia's side. It's just that Vladimir Putin represents Russia's interests as he should. We should represent our own interests. But the people who so, so-called represent us don't represent our interests. Well, right? it, or, uh, we we are we are major villains on the world stage. And anybody who is still caught up in this Cold War mentality that it is the good guys in the U.S. versus the bad commies in Russia, it is not that world anymore. And you can say, well, he's a KGB guy. Great. We're CIA guys. What, what the I mean, so, how, what does that mean to me? It is apparent that the specter of Russia is being used by people who are far more or just as just as ruthless and uncaring as the KGB is being using the specter of Russia to deliver us bullshit. There's there's no doubt that Russia is is attacking our infrastructure. China's attacking our infrastructure like nobody's denying that we are being attacked by other nations. Of course we are. We're in a state of perpetual war. You know, to think that war only has to be kinetic at this point is ridiculous. Of course, it's not just kinetic. And it's stupid. I I just it's such a multifaceted issue. Like we literally Ukraine in particular. Do you remember Newland installing the leader she wanted over there in 2014? Like, are we just supposed to pretend that didn't happen and just pretend that like I, I I'm it's I'm not a black and white person like that. I'm just not. It's not black and white. It's not. And until somebody decides that they're going to educate people on why Russia is so terrible, then nobody like people on the right are not going to eat that up hook, line and sinker. So if there's a real reason why we should really be like right now, Russia's trying to take over the world, then show it to me because I haven't seen it. Yeah. Well, hey. that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It just means I haven't seen it. 
And if I haven't seen it, then a lot of people haven't seen it. And they're basing their opinions off of something they haven't seen. And if it's a secret and nobody can tell us why, then this is what we have. Like, you can't expect people to act a certain way about something without any proof of it in front of them. And I've always been a non-interventionalist. It's been that way for decades. I'm not going to change. I don't think we should be meddling around all over the world and everybody. Like, I don't think we should be changing the regimes of countries. I just don't. If that makes me bad, okay. And I don't trust my government because they lie to me all day long about literally everything. But Russia's worse. Maybe they are. Maybe they are worse, Frank. I don't live there. (laughs) If they are, we definitely give them a big run for their money. And then it just comes down to rah-rah Yankees versus Red Sox nonsense. And I'll I'll tell you something. Uh, They've at least got – I've seen uh, just – I guess you're going to watch – Reese, and, Reese is making a good point in the comments. Russia imprisons dissenters and Putin kills off anyone who tries to run or go against him. What are we doing right now with our J6 defendants? What are we doing with what is being Peter, done? What, is, what has become codified policy in Ukraine about political opposition and the media? And they just put that, they just put NATO US and the good guys, right? They just put Tucker Carlson on a kill list for God's sakes. Please. Like it's ridiculous. We are we are our govern our own government is politically targeting people for extinction on a daily basis and it's not just, you know, quote insurrectionists that they're targeting. It's everyday people. I have them on the show all the time. So like if that's what we're going to say, okay. But then there's no difference between dictator Putin and, quote, President Biden, who's not even really running the country. Like, we've lost the plot here completely. Is it okay to kill and imprison journalists? Absolutely freaking not. But to act like that's never happened at the hands of our own government before? Now, on the other hand, there's there's nothing heroic about... about, Tucker Carlson getting the interview. He's a journalist chasing a big story, and it's a huge story. And as far as uh, uh, Putin giving him the time, I can see why he would give him the time over, say, any of the drooling idiots who stroke each other on air all day about this and that. Zelensky, Hillary. I mean, and then you look at everybody who's come come out and and condemn this, like Hillary Clinton. It's just like these are people who paid to create. Russian fear because they knew that there's a history of people ingrained in people. She paid millions of dollars to give us the Russia hoax and all that stuff. I mean, seriously, seriously, they, 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 uh, you know, our supposed, our supposed leadership has been working overtime to disengage us in the world stage to, to commit to these ridiculous sanctions that only hurt us and embolden the so-called bad guys in Russia. I, the, the one thing was pretty was pretty interesting was how forthright he was about in saying the obvious about Nord Stream, which was the good guys in the U.S. attacking NATO. Don't say that out loud because that's like we we can't consider that, Frank. We can't consider the Nord Stream pipeline and an American journalist in Seymour Hersh who reported on that for the world so that they could like if that's the case, like I, I, there, it's not cut and dry. It's not black and white. It is not black and white. And you know, 
you can believe that, you know, Russia is the bad guy. That's fine. And they probably are in a lot of ways. I'm not saying that they're not a bad guy, but the bad guy in terms of what? What is even our freaking foreign policy anymore? What is it? Does anyone have an objective in front of them? Or are we just throwing darts around on a damn map until like, what are we doing? Do we even have a plan? Does anybody know what it is? I I, I think I, I don't know. I think a lot of people just wait for somebody to to give them something to think. Like you don't even need Seymour Hirsch to look at to examine what happened with Nord Stream and realize uh, the Russians would not do this to themselves. And if it really was the Russians, then NATO would have gone. I mean, the bombs would have started flying the next day. They would have had everything they needed to go and finally flatten Russia. Because that is one of the greatest attacks that you could you could launch well, on a country mm-hmm. right before a, a winter, everything like that. And and Germany just sat on its hands, knowing that one of its greatest allies blew up one of its main source of energy for its people. I mean, please, anybody who is caught up in the Cold War mentality of uh, us versus them is really just they need they need a systems upgrade. I just I like I, I and. I just want to put this out there for the record because it's been politicized and it kind of makes me feel gross inside. There are innocent people who did nothing besides stand outside on the Capitol grounds in solitary confinement right now. So I don't, they, they ex- exercise their First Amendment right to free speech and are in solitary as we speak. I don't even want to hear the argument that you can't equate the two. You can if the the federal government is weaponized, go back a few years even, see what the IRS did to conservative organizations attempting to do businesses not for profits. You know, they ended th- up in jail, some of them. Like this Reese person in the in the chat room, I just saw it say I mean they're they're just spamming. Well, she's like, a dear friend of mine and she's very I, well, smart. I'm, she's I'm a brilliant saying, woman. There's nobody saying that Russia is without sin. And that they're the good guys. Right. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you go into any any viewing of a, a piece of media with that mentality and you're you're, you're just going to miss finer points of things. That that's what I'm saying. Nobody is is anointing anybody the good guy in this. Well, there are some people that are doing that, though, Frank. And I think that's what one of her major qualms is, is that there are people holding Putin up as some champion because of this interview and that she's she's saying he's not. He's done bad things. He continues to do bad things, blah, blah, blah. But the vast majority of people are not doing that. Yeah, there are some idiots on freaking social media with microphones doing it. But that doesn't mean that. We shouldn't be able to to see this interview, to hear it. It shouldn't have been done because maybe someone would have that that you know that's painting the entirety of the American public with a very broad brush. That that's what the left does to us all the time, and I don't think it's that easy. It's not that it's not that cut and dry. Um, so that's the only that's the thing that I that I'm I'm trying to say is that if there's information, we should know. That we don't know and you know it, tell us. If if you don't want to tell us, then don't assume that we should know because we're, you know, there are plenty of articles all day long. Like I'm seeing everybody sharing the articles about how Russia hacks. Nobody shared anything about what happened to the healthcare system. I know these things. I read. I'm very updated on what goes on. That doesn't change what we just talked about. It doesn't. Well, I thought, uh, 
I I enjoyed I enjoyed certain aspects of it. Others, a lot of it was kind of boring, but uh, just watched it because it's relevant. And he definitely has a good handle on uh, on their their uh, regional history out there. Leaves a lot out. the The Bolshevik roots. Where where did where how did Bolshevism Bolshevism start? Who was behind it? Leaves a lot a lot of different things out of there. It it is still very a lot of surface level, um, very very surface level for people. So that's why I don't get uh, too deep in into it. But when we start throwing lobbing around KGB this. Good guys, bad guys. I'm just like, oh, Christ, I can't. I, 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 at the end of the day, again, I don't trust the people that are in our own government. A, a, a large majority of them are unelected bureaucrats. And let's go, let's go to the Supreme Court and then we'll go to Biden and I'll show you why unelected bureaucrats are running the country because there is no way this man is doing it. You have an unelected government running your country right now and then we're going to sit here and bicker back and forth about, come on. We we are. Well, let me, let's say you have a let's say you have a, ba- a a neighbor. Let's say your neighbor in the you know, that that adjoins your your property in one direction or another has a bad history in the neighborhood. They're they're not very nice to the neighborhood pets. They're 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 not very warm to the neighborhood kids. They're they're kind of like to themselves. Uh, if they can get a leg up on anybody, they will and 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 whatever. Nobody really likes or trusts them. Do they still? Do, are they still within a reasonable way able to assess a legitimate creeping threat for what is legitimately theirs? Like, do they still possess the right to self-defense even though nobody likes them? Is that what you're saying? And, and are, are, they, are they capable of articulating what is an obvious, reasonable situation that is creeping up on their rightful property and territory and well, what they and, believe is their rightful property and territory, right? I mean, well, I mean, I mean, re- regardless of what's going on, th- th- there is a long, long sorted history about what what uh, about Ukraine and the, the USSR. That's no no doubt about it. And even said last night, he wasn't wanting to go back to 17th century borders. But as far as what we NATO, the new Soviet Union has been doing in creeping and reneging on on uh uh, on uh, on on agreements and and putting military installations and things, we we are all over the world. I mean, you look at our military bases. All you would think that we're like if the Russians were, you would expect the Russians to be doing what we do. And in, in many cases, they try to get a leg up there too. They try to keep their 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 navy, their their military uh, in in a in attack readiness. But as far as the infest, the American military infestation of the world, and then of course NATO continuing to move east. Come on. I mean, even if if Russia is that place that you don't want to go anywhere, then why we why why the constant poking and prodding? I don't I don't get it. Why the poking and prodding? Mm. If we don't want to have anything to do with them, then why are we poking and prodding? Why don't we just stay? I, but, you know, I, I guess um, I guess people are paid far better to understand that than I then. I don't get paid to understand any of it. I just. And I know that it doesn't like it doesn't really matter because we don't have a say. It doesn't matter what we think. We have no say. You and I have no say. So that's where people really should be focused. Why me and you can't even elect people to do what they say. (laughs) Um, Gorsuch 
and all the justices on the Supreme Court, Frank, torched the attorneys from Colorado yesterday. So basically, Colorado, a woman sued to take Donald Trump off the ballot in Colorado because he's an insurrectionist and he shouldn't be able to run for president based on this law that says that you can't run, you can't be president if you are an insurrectionist. It's a very long, complicated um, constitutional argument, which it shouldn't be. But basically, the Colorado attorney is here for the for the voters of Colorado arguing with Gorsuch on why why you why you should take Donald Trump off the ballot. And this is what we get. We're going to get, we're going to listen to a, a few of these here. In your view, would be free to act as he or she wishes without regard to that individual. I don't think so, because I think, again, the de facto Why? officer doctrine would nevertheless come into play to say this is... No, de facto, that, that doesn't work, Mr. Murray, because de facto officer is to ratify the conduct that's done afterwards and, and, and insulate it from judicial review. Put that aside. I'm not going to say it again. Put it aside, okay? I think Justice Lee is asking a very different question, a more pointed one, and more difficult one for you, I understand. But I think it deserves an answer. On your theory, would anything compel a, a lower official to obey an order from, in your view, the former president? I'm imagining a situation where, for example, a former president was, you know, a president was elected and they were 25 and they were ineligible to no, hold office, but no, nevertheless they were no, put into that no, office. No, we're talking about Section 3. And please don't change the hypothetical, okay? I'm, please don't change the hypothetical. I know I like doing it too, but please don't do it. Okay? Well, the, the point I'm trying to make is He's that, disqualified from the moment he committed an insurrection. Whoever it is, whichever party, it, that, that happens. Boom. It happened. What would compel, and I'm not going to say it again, so just try and answer the question. If you don't have an answer, fair enough, we'll move on. What would compel a lower official to obey an order from that individual? Because ultimately we have, we have statutes and rules requiring chains of command. The person is in the office, and even if they don't have the authority to hold the office, the only way to get someone out of the office of the presidency is impeachment. And so I think if you interpreted Section 3 in light of other provisions in the Constitution like impeachment, while they hold office, impeachment's the only way to validate that they don't have the ability to hold that office and should be removed. He's basically saying it's retroactive to the day that the effect the the thing was the act was committed so Gorsuch is saying it's if 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 Jason Murray from Colorado is saying that from the day that the insurrection happened onward he was ineligible inept and an insurrectionist and shouldn't be there Gorsuch is asking him well then what would compel anyone to listen to anything he had to say he would just completely lose all of his power as president under your theory so the, the military wouldn't have to listen to him. The you know They could do whatever they wanted. They wouldn't have to take orders. He's still the president. But under your theory, he is no longer the president anymore, no, no matter what. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And the dude had to jump through hoops because his argument is bullshit. His argument's complete bullshit. And again, uh, I guess the most basic question is, who at what time determines insurrection? Well, that that came up as well. There's been no charge of insurrection against the president. There's been no charge of it. They they said in their court he was guilty of it. They have a fact a fact set. They determined he was guilty of it. Now, see see you have you have state governments and of course a lot of people in the in the uh, in the general government who are trying to find desperately trying to find ways to act on media narrative. There's not even any 
and anything that's happened in courts. I mean, we've had trespassing. We we know that that people are being hand, uh, handed uh, near life sentences based on how old they are because of all this crap. So we, we know how severe that they are overreacting to to really play up the severity of what J6 was. But um, th there's no insurrection. They're trying to enforce media narrative. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, th this was. I think this is when Alito basically slams him, because what they're basically saying is that. Anybody at this point now in any state can just say that somebody committed insurrection and then remove them from the ballot in the state so they can't run in that state and what kind of a ripple effect that would have. I think Contenji Brown Jackson is the most emotional, crazy lunatic I've ever heard in my life. Even she made some cogent arguments, surprisingly, but I don't. Th it was crazy to listen to her versus everyone else. It, it really was. But let's see what this one is. I think it's the, the one with Alito. Thank you. Yeah, it Thank is. Thank you, counsel. Uh, Justice Thomas? Justice oh, no. Alito? Yeah, here we go. Uh, suppose there's a country that proclaims again and again and again that the United States is its biggest enemy. And suppose that the President of the United States, for diplomatic reasons, think that it's in the best interests of the United States to provide funds or release funds that, so that they can be used by that, by that country. Could a state determine that that person has given aid and comfort to the enemy and therefore keep that person off the ballot? No, Your Honor. This court has never no. interpreted the aid and comfort language, which also is present in the... So in other words, Biden sending money to Iran. Is he an insurrectionist now? That's Alito's argument right there. Can everybody take him off the ballot? Because he's... Somebody take it to court. No, no, no. Look at look at that that dork. He, yeah, he was terrible. Um, oh, here's Thomas. This is <laughs> here's Clarence Thomas. This was a great hearing. If you, if you really are a geek, it was it was great. Here, states have created under their Article One and Article Two powers to run elections. But it would seem that particularly uh, uh, after Reconstruction. Uh, and after the compromise of 1877 and during the period of redeemers that you would have that kind of conflict there were a plethora of confederates still around there were any number of people who would continue to either run for state offices or national offices so it would seem it, it that would suggest that there would at least be a few examples of uh national uh candidates being uh, disqualified if your reading is correct. Well, there were certainly national candidates who were disqualified by Congress refusing to seat them. I understand that, but that's not this case. I'm talking, did states disqualify them? That's what we're talking about here. I understand Congress would not seat them. Other than the example I gave, no. But again, Your Honor, that, that's not surprising because there wouldn't have been States certainly wouldn't have the authority to remove a city. So what's the purpose officer. of the what was the purpose of the uh, of Section three? Uh, the states were sending people. Uh, the, the concern was that the former Confederate states would continue being bad actors. And the effort was to prevent them from doing this. And you're saying that, well, this also authorized states to disqualify candidates. So what I'm asking you for, if you are right, what are the examples? 
Well, Your Honor, the examples are states excluded many candidates for state office, individuals holding state offices. We have a number of published cases of, of states. I understand that. that. I, I understand the states controlling state uh, elections and state positions. What we are talking about here are national candidates. Uh, the, the I understand. Uh, you look at Foner or Foot, Shelby Foot or McPherson. They all talk about, of course, the conflict after the Civil War. And there were people who felt very strongly about uh, retaliating against the South, the radical Republicans. Uh, but they did not think about authorizing the South to disqualify national candidates. And that's the argument you're making. And what I would like to know is, you give, is uh, do you have any examples of this? Many of those historians have filed briefs in our support in this case, making the point that the, the, the idea of the 14th Amendment was that both states and the federal government would ensure rights, and that if states failed to do so, the federal government certainly would also step in. But I think the reason why there aren't examples of states doing this is an idiosyncratic one of the fact that elections worked differently back then. States have a background power under Article II and the Tenth Amendment to run presidential elections. They didn't use that power to police ballot access until about the 1890s. And by the 1890s, everyone had received amnesty and these issues had become moot. So I don't Counsel, think the history like tells us. So sort of look at Justice Thomas's question sort of from the 30,000 foot level. I mean, the whole point of the 14th Amendment was to restrict state power, right? States uh, shall not abridge privileges immunity. They won't deprive people of property without due process. Um, they won't deny uh, equal protection. And on the other hand, it augmented federal power under Section 5. Congress has the power to enforce it. So wouldn't that be the last place that you'd look for authorization for the states, including Confederate states, uh, to enforce, implicitly authorized, to enforce the presidential election process? That, that seems to be a position that is at uh, at war with the whole thrust of the 14th Amendment and very ahistorical. It, it, it was so brilliant, the whole thing. I'm just in love with it. Supreme Court John Justice... Roberts. What? John Roberts with a uh, moment of... He had several. Several. Of clarity, huh? Several of them. It was really something to hear. Like, I was surprised. Katenji Brown-Jackson, I have a quick Yes, I'm sorry. Constitutional provision governing yeah. term limits. Yes, U.S. term limits against Thornton. Maybe I should call it Thornton instead of term limits. That would I'm be sorry. Does it, have, I was so, <laughs> does it have something to do with the fact that the particular uh, circumstance that you're talking about can change? Is that what you mean? I'm trying to understand yeah. the distinction between the provision in the Constitution that relates to disqualification on the basis of insurrection behavior mm -hmm. and these other provisions that Justice Sotomayor points out. They all seem to me to be extant. Uh, insurrection behavior. She's, she, she basically loses it towards the end of this clip. She, she gets very, very emotional. And you know what? Honestly, listening to the whole thing, the other justices know and they, they shut her up as much as possible. I really do. Just, I mean, this is what happens when you, you let the e lunatic in. Even Kagan and Sotomayor, I was like relatively impressed with their knowledge of the Constitution. It was pretty impressive. I didn't expect that from them. Not that they apply it properly, but they knew it. I was surprised. I was surprised. Um, what else do I have? I had a couple of other ones. 
Oh yeah, well, Gorsuch- insurrection behavior. You have, been, you have been disqualified for insurrection behavior. I'm like sitting there thinking to myself, this woman can't even define what a woman is. And she's sitting here trying to lecture us on the Constitution and what she wasn't even on Colorado side, though. She was against well, this whole thing. Well, I, I just love I, I just love how more how even more vague that makes everything. everything. You know, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, you're right. Pretty, we're already dealing with this, these vague applications. And uh, now it's not just insurrection who gets to determine what it is and who's convicted of it. It's insurrection, insurrection like behavior, <laughs> just like influenza like illness. It's 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 all a, a big haze. Let's just listen to Gorsuch and then we'll move on to the puppet that is being trotted out in front of America every day acting uh, to to be to be the president that, that, here. About disqualification from holding office. You say he is disqualified from holding office from the moment it happens. Correct, but nevertheless, so, so it, it operates. You say that there's no no legislation necessary. I thought that was the whole theory of your case, and no procedure necessary. It happens automatically. Well, certainly, you need a procedure in order to have any remedy to enforce the disqualification. Which is I under, that's a whole separate question. That's the de facto doctrine. Doesn't work here. Okay, put that aside. He's disqualified from the moment. Self-executing. Done. And I would think that a person who would receive a direction from that person, the president, former president, in your view, would be free to act as he or she wishes without regard to that individual. I don't think so, because I think, again, the de facto Why? officer doctrine would nevertheless come into play to say this is no the de facto. That, w- that doesn't work, Mr. Murray, because de facto officer is to ratify the conduct that's done afterwards and, and, and insulate it from judicial review. Put that aside. I'm not going to say it again. Put it aside. Okay, I think I, lo- just- I love him. I really do like him a lot. He was great. He was great. And I got John Roberts again with with hypotheticals. There's a lot of clips, a lot of great clips. Um, Judicially, he was the best thing that Trump ever did. Yeah, Gorsuch is great. And then there's this one minute one where they stand up and say that he hasn't been charged with it. So, you know. He had the opportunity to call witnesses remotely. He didn't use all of his time at trial. There was ample process here, and this is how ballot access determinations in election cases are are decided all the time. Okay. Uh, Second question. Some of the rhetoric of your position, I don't think it is your position, but some of the rhetoric of your position seems to suggest unless the states can do this, no one can prevent insurrectionists from holding federal office. But obviously Congress has enacted statutes, uh, including one still in effect, Section 2383 of Title 18 prohibits insurrection. It's a federal criminal statute. And if you're convicted of that, you are, it says, shall be disqualified from holding any office. And so there is a federal statute on the books, but um, President Trump has not been charged with that. So what what are we to make of that? <laughs> I mean, that that's that's it. Over. It doesn't even make it to, to this level. It, it doesn't even make it to this level because of that. The fact that a lower court didn't say that. Well, that just is the state of our, the state of our. Uh... <laughs> the fact that it had to get this far to the highest you can go to to uh, to acknowledge the obvious is just, it's hilarious. Ugh. If you, but if you want a great debate about intricacies of the United States Constitution and you are one of those people that really loves that stuff, I would implore you to listen yesterday to the, this hearing from yesterday. 
Like you would probably really like it, Frank. You would love the debate. You would love the questions. It was just really good. And I'm glad CNN broadcast the entire thing straight through without a break. Two and a half hours. The whole American public, if they wanted to, could listen to this very high level debate about the United States Constitution yesterday. On many facets, in many ways, it was really a beautiful thing, in my opinion. Well, they're hoping for a different outcome. They're not. Uh, it's going to be nine zero, maybe seven two. There, there's just no way. I mean, it's it's. Yeah, but but listen, the real investment made was that Colorado, Maine, whoever else that kicked this stuff around, they they infected the public discourse with more of this insurrectionist, anti-Trump, uh, hyperventilating nonsense. We and we had this in the news for months. But, but that's the point. That's the whole point. Exactly. This is what exactly. they've been doing from the beginning. Exactly. So this this will have its rightful, obvious conclusion. But what we were left with was, hey, we gave it a shot. And at the very least, we we occupied months worth of headlines. And I'll be telling, you know, honestly, anybody looking at this race, quote, objectively has to understand that the rest of it is not going to be about who's, you know, what Trump can do for the country. It's going to be about this legal crap. The entire rest of the way is just going to be nonstop legal, 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 legal. It, that's all anyone's going to talk about. It's going to be his legal troubles, the cases he's in, what he's dealing with the whole rest of the way. Um, the special counsel report just happened to drop yesterday on this busy news day with the right. It wasn't even a Friday. It was a Thursday. I was stunned. Apparently, Joe Biden's nuts. He's a mentally senile man who can't remember anything. Therefore, he's not fit to stand trial. <laughs> he wouldn't get a conviction even if they brought him to trial. So we're not even going to bother, even though he did things that we're accusing someone else of doing and bringing him to trial on. That was basically yesterday. Yep. And uh, so Je Jeff Carlson said something really interesting uh, earlier on this morning. He said um, Biden is either senile or he should be prosecuted. Biden's staff is either in inordinately incompetent or they set him up. Biden is either subject to the 25th Amendment or subject to impeachment. That's where we are. And, it, and it's it, it's just incredible that this because, you know, I was reading I was watching this. I was watching this thing. It was very short. Um, very short uh, announcement or uh, address last night. And there he is. He's looking for ways to get emotional and looking for ways to exonerate himself. And then, but you realize it's just they're saying you're old and uh, you're, you're old and you can't remember anything. He has to, he, 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 we are, we all know, we all know this. We've known this for years. The, the crazy thing, Tracy, the crazy thing, Tracy, was when he opened up questions. Oh, yeah. And it was, he got blasted with the fire hose. I mean, it was, it was nuts. They came at him hard and fast. The way they and, always should. I know, but it's very, it, it's, it's crazy in that situation in this time of year that they finally let the dogs loose on him. I, I, I said it yesterday. Listen to me. If anyone thinks that they let this language out into this report, because they were going to let him stay there and they weren't going to replace him, you're out of your damn mind. They could have removed... You know how this works. 
There is no need for that to be in there unless they have ulterior motives. There is no need. There are some press coming out and like defending him today lightly, tacitly. But I have some clips here of this press co- press conference yesterday. Um, significant memory issues. Significant memory issues. Ghostwriters taking classified information. <laughs> now, let's also just put it out there. We understand that this man is not, he's not healthy. That's a given. But let's also just remember that they're liars. I mean, oh, I don't I mean, how, when uh, when James Comey mm-hmm. came before Congress, when Robert Mueller came before Congress to, to report on, you know, the, the, the waste of time that was a three year investigation into non-Russia and in, inter inter the non-intervention with Russia, the election or James Comey with anything else. You would think that, oh, my gosh, were these people with advanced Alzheimer's disease really running the FBI? So. We know that James Comey's memory is fine. So there's a lot of things that they're just not going to remember. There is also the added element with Joe Biden that he actually is a very sick man. Mm-hmm. So you, you, it could be a little bit of both. Uh, here, we've got uh, Greg Price tweeted, Joe Biden's DOJ said today that he wasn't mentally fit for trial. In the few hours since, these three things happened. When I said, uh, when I we pushed all these programs, I said, I'm going to be a president for everybody whether you live in a red state or a green state. He raised that. Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Let me tell you something. Some of you have commented, I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from our lady of... Yeah, I love how everybody said, he got emotional. I said, no, he didn't. He forgot our lady of what? He didn't know what what lady. What lady it was. He just completely... Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, as you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. You convinced nobody of nothing, because, sorry, but I... Eh, Mexico, Egypt, what's the difference? Eh, American you know, people. Come see, come they're, they're practically interchangeable. <laughs> Mr. President, for months when you were asked about your age... Just look at him. He's lost. This is terrible what they're doing to this poor man. His well, wife I mean, should be ashamed of herself. It's just... I. My gut tells me, I mean, I guess my gut wants me to say it's just time. It's it's that time. But you just don't know. What are they willing? They're they're obviously willing to torture anybody. What are they what are they going to do is the bigger question. There's a couple different things that we have to think about. I'm going to play some more of this, though. (laughs) One, they let him. They in my like large part of me is like they have to keep him in until at least the convention so he can hand over his delegates to whoever they choose to replace him. A lot of people are throwing Michelle Obama out there. I truthfully don't believe that she wants to do it because she has a lot more power outside of the office of the presidency than she would if she were in, and she can keep all her money. They've already been president for three and a half years now, or three years, so, you know, whatever. I don't think it's going to be her. Then there's the, okay, he's going to step down by, like, you know, the end of the month or something like that because this is going to be too overwhelming for him to 
to get past. And then Kamala Harris is going to become the president. And then she's the one who runs for president in his stead. Well, uh, I think I think all that is very uh, it's very astute. Then there's another theory. Kamala Harris takes over until the election and then they stick Newsom in there because Kamala Harris doesn't even know the difference. I don't know. No, no Democrat would vote for Kamala. I don't even think Democrats would vote for Kamala Harris. She got pulled no. 1% in her primary. This is why when we were talking about how they were going to eventually deal with her, deal with this, we were always saying, we'll know when we are really close to the switcheroo when they replace Kamala, when they find a reason to get her out, because you can't possibly, unless she is being set up to ultimately take the fall and be even more disposable than he is, like they needed a couple of disposable figureheads for uh, who knows what their they, ultimate plan is or if they're just improvising, but you'd, ha- you'd think that they'd have to get her out first so that there was somebody that could... Just today, the president's account on X complimented the absolutely amazing job that Kamala Harris is doing and how wonderful it is to have her as a vice president. We couldn't do it without you, Kamala. It's true. That's basically, I have it up to read after this because I wanted to make the point, watch the soft trickle of propaganda start to hit you. You can smell it a mile away. Here, here. He would respond with the words, watch me. Many American people have been watching and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is your judgment. That is your judgment. That is not the judgment of the press. They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. It's in the thing. In December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? What what is your answer to that question? I'm the most qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. He, he he has the temper. It's it's really, and this is the person that the rest of the world is looking at now. They know you know say what you want, but in the Putin interview yesterday, he said Biden's not running your country. Tell me, all of you in the audience right now, pro Putin, anti Putin, hate Putin. Putin's a dictator. How many of you believe that Joe Biden is actually the one running the country right now? Raise your hand. No. If you raise your hand. Clearly, we're not we're not living in the same reality because there is no way this man is running anything. A little a sandwich shop he couldn't even run. Somebody's doing it. Who we have no idea, but we certainly didn't elect him. You know who believes it? And I don't even know if they do. Maybe it's just because they get they get paid. Uh, literally ninety five percent of the for you tab on Twitter. <laughs> That's not my for you tab. Brooklyn. Brooklyn dad, so proud. I don't see that stuff. That's crazy because my for you tab is so different than yours. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, that's also just to point out the fact that Putin said that means he's a skilled propagandist. Okay, (laughs) just understand. Oh, he's very, very skilled propagandist. He also just might be of sound mind and uh, and and more intelligent than than most people, most American statesmen and women. I mean, it did, we I mean, we could have. Oh God! Yeah, no. Hey, I, it's it's nutty. It's not, it, the nutty thing right there is that th- this report from the special counsel just came out 
definitively says there is cognitive impairment that we're dealing with here <laughs> and needs to be accounted for. And he goes and he screams at a reporter saying, that's your opinion. Like, it's in, wait a second, this just came out, sir. <laughs> Not my opinion? We're asking about what's been published. Here. Things that were moved, were moved not by me, but my staff, but my staff. Don't assault the man. He can't have when you were asked about your age. You would respond with the words, watch me. That's a repeat. What else do I got here? I got one more. Here. I can't. Something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning and I'm an elderly man and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad I let you speak. That's uh, that's that's my memory has gotten worse, Mr. No, President. My memory is not good. My memory Wait, is fine. Listen, this is like, this is like, I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine a scene where, where you know, oh you know you know, like if you put on National Geographic, and they'll have that one that one like middle aged lion in the middle of the prairie that's just that's trying to fight off seven hyenas. And a, a hyena will run in and grab its hind leg, and then he gets, and he's just, just trying to fight all these hyenas at once. You've never seen this. You've never seen this until I mean, not this in is a, a Democrat administration. No. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, this is this is all being allowed for a very specific purpose. And he, everybody see everybody sees it now. I don't <laughs> now. If you really want the plot twist, it's like uh, uh, it's like AOC. When she gave that little skit that she she did a little video after Tucker Carlson got kicked off of Fox. And she said, oh, it's like at the end, you know, I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, though, because it's like at the end of the movie where the villain, you think he's dead. But there's a cutscene right at the end where he lifts his hands up and he puts it on the cliff. And he pulls there's himself al- up. There's always that, because remember, in 2020, I think it was. I don't know. I almost put money on it that they were going to do the switcheroo with Joe Biden prior to the maybe the first, the first, no, no, no. It was like, it was like one of those points of no return. It was like before one of the debates, either before the first debate or the last debate where it was just, you can't go back. Your name is on the, on the ballot. That's it. Uh, I mean, I was ready to put money on it that he wasn't going to make it to election day, 2020. Now, obviously he, it, there was not very much required of him. No, he didn't. This is, and that's that's the but, thing. He ended presidential debates forevermore. I don't think there'll ever be another one. Ever. There weren't any real, you know, it, it's, it's if you just decide now, I don't want to debate him. You just don't. And then everyone's like, okay, we don't need to hear from either one of you. We have the media to tell us. Yeah, all you got to do is say, I'm not going to dignify that man with a debate. I'm not going to dignify. Yeah, that happened during the primary too. So, you know, it's, uh, I'm just, this is four years later now. And to your point about it's the end of the horror film and is the, is the bony (laughs) hand going to come up at the end? You know, he may look like 
that he's going to be whisked off into the sunset. And that might happen in the next couple of hours. I, let alone, when they but, said he was doing this conference last night, I was like, are they doing this already? I was like, what are they going to do? Gonna, are they going to trot out a double? Because I seriously, in his case, I do think they've used doubles for him. I do. It's not uncommon. They used what Hillary Clinton had a double during the election process in 2016. They've used yep. them. Everybody needs to understand. Like, we're just, we're just go touch some grass and just live your life. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. just at the point where this is just like. Which, I hope I hope if he if and when he does quit, he just says something so unceremonious about it. Like he just says, "I just uh, I quit. I quit. <laughs> we had like a great just, run. <laughs> I I quit. Um, uh, Kamala's gonna take over, and um, have a nice yeah, weekend. I, I have I have to get some help. <laughs> That's right. Oh goodness, good show today, Frank. Good show." Happy to be here. Um, Happy to I had it. a couple more clips. Oh, we are so fortunate to have a real leader, a true friend, and a historic vice president in Kamala Harris. We couldn't do this without you. There it is. Here she comes for however long. You have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums and... Beans! You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on TuneIn. Stitcher's gone. Or is it tune in that's gone? One of them. All the podcasting platforms or live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. on Getter, on X, and on Rumble. And I'll be back here to uh, go over some things from the weekend on Monday. We'll see you next Friday, Frank. Yes, enjoy the Super Bowl. Oh, is it this weekend? Yeah. Oh, okay. Keep your eyes open. You never know what what they're going to flash us. <laughs> Do you remember? Somebody said, real quick, somebody said, I remember, I'm old enough to remember when misspelling the word potato was enough to get you, <laughs> to get you disqualified. Dan Quayle, misspelling the word potato as vice president was enough for people to be up in arms. Janet Jackson accidentally having a nipple fly out of her costume on the Super Bowl sent the country into a tizzy. We're probably yeah. going to have people twerking, naked stripping at the Super Bowl and everyone's going to be fine with it. How far we have come. Oh yeah, I know. I know. I I still I I think like the the remnants of old school media sent uh, of like television censorship where they blur certain things or they bleep certain things. Gone. I think I think it's so funny that any of that even exists anymore. We're we're such a debased society. Oh, and also one more problems. one more thing I forgot to that our producers are going to hate us. On Wednesday, I played a clip of a rapper talking to a podcast host where the, the rapper was being asked, was being said, she, you know, you're a musician. And the rapper was coming back and saying, I'm, I'm, I don't know what you're talking. I'm not a magician. What, a magician? I'm not a magician. I'm, you know, and that was parody. It was so real. I thought it was real because everybody thought it was real, but it wasn't. Just want to let everyone know. Okay, we're done now. We'll see you on Monday. Peace. <laughs>